Welcome to episode 84 of the 25 Live. My name is Jim Bernica. My special guest this week is Kevin Ferrara. Now, Kevin is a fellow podcaster as well. AFSO 21 is his podcast name. He's a former federal firefighter, and he's here to talk to us all about foam today and the uh, DOD and kind of everything he's gone through throughout his career and continues to fight to this day. So without further ado, let's bring in Kevin. All right. Good afternoon, Kevin. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Jim. I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Um, I have done, just like you, we've done a lot of PFOS talk, uh, really, in the last, well, months, demon, last couple of years, it's, it's been discussed on my show as yours. Um, but the difference between, I think, your show and my show is I end up talking a lot more about the gear stuff. And, yep. and you're more, um, because of your background, into the foam aspect of it, which is, you know, they're both the same chemical, cause the same problems, just really different different exposure. So if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just tag you right in and uh, kind of give me the background, your history of, of work, and then how this kind of all comes into play. Yeah, no, uh, you know, I appreciate that. So, you know, I, I started back in 1988. I was a volunteer firefighter here in Central PA. Um, did a few years in the local department. And then in 91, I joined the Air Force. Um, at that time, the DOD Fire Academy was out at Chanute Air Force, uh, Air Force Base in Ranato, Illinois. And, you know, before me, thousands of firefighters went, went through there, uh, did their initial apprentice fire training. And that was really the first time I... I had hands-on, you know, experience with, with AFFF, uh, aqueous foam forming foam. And we used it in our block three, our, our aircraft rescue firefighting uh, block. We used it, you know, hand lines, roof turrets, bumper turrets, you, you name it. We were, it, we were in contact with it. It was, you know, on our hands, face, eyes. We had proximity gear at the time. So it was all over that. And of course, those out there know, you know, you can't wash proximity gear. You can't put it in a extractor. Um, so over time, you know, we're putting on somebody else's gear and you could smell the fuel, you could smell the foam, you could, you know, you could taste it, you know, when you wiped your mouth and everything. And then I left there, went to Cannon Air Force Base. That was my first duty assignment. So I was there from 91 to 95. And, you know, we... <laughs> It's, it's in the middle of nowhere, I'll say, for those not familiar with, with Clovis, New Mexico. Uh, we used to kid there's more cows than there are people in, in that area. Um, but, you know, we found out, you know, we were, we were dumping foam every day. We were doing an ops check. Um, and, you know, we were using it every day, found out it was contaminated there. Um, and then I got out for six years. I come back here in central PA. I was a deputy sheriff for a little bit. Um, so, you know, I see both sides of that, you know, the, the emergency responder and, uh, you know, I just, I wasn't feeling it, you know, you know, the, the, the blue line, I was more the red line. Um, so, you know, I, I got married, told my wife, I said, Hey, you know, I'm really, you know, jonesing to get back in the military, you know, I miss firefighting and uh, it took a little work to get back in, came back in, in 2001, uh, went to Davis Monthan air force base, Tucson, Arizona. Uh, was there from 2001 to 2003, went to Ramstein Air Base in Germany in 2003, 
Um, and about six months after I got there, I got picked up to go to the USAFE Fire Academy uh, as an instructor, tech rescue instructor. And then I left there in 07, went to Langley Air Force Base. Um, while I was there, I had an awesome chief, uh, Charlie Bowen, who was there. He allowed me to really progress uh, through through the you know my career, uh, go up that go up that leadership ladder. And you know, I went from being on operations to assistant chief of training, assistant chief of special ops, um, hazmat, went over to work uh, in uh, fire inspections. And then during my deployment to Iraq, they called me up and they say, hey, you're going to headquarters air combat command. Um, you're gonna be up at the staff level. And that's, that's a big leap for, you know, those, you know, the guys in the military, I mean, they, they know that's, you know, one of your big stepping stones you wanna strive for. Uh, and at first I actually turned it down. I said, you know, these are big shoes to fill. You know, I just need a little bit more experience. And they're like, nope, you've been hand selected, you're going. Um, so, you know, I was there for 10 years, um, worked for Chief Randy C, awesome guy, um, you know, and he allowed me to really expand on the education side uh, of my career. Um, so, you know, he pushed me to, to finish up my bachelor's, go for my master's. Um, I started in uh, the EFO program, but I was retiring at the time. So it sort of, it sort of screwed some things up, but I was a CFO. I got, you know, credentialed as a CFO. Um, and then you know, I retired and worked, uh, you know, as a federal contractor for a few years after that. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, let me, let me go out on my own. Let me start doing my own thing. And now I got a consulting, you know, business for fire emergency services. I do the podcast and uh, the, the rest is history, as they say. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy what I'm doing, um, you know, reaching out to firefighters all over the world. No, no, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Now, let me ask you this. When did you first realize, I mean, you mentioned how often you're using the phone. And I know they, they basically just told you it's, yeah, it's just, it's basically soap, you know, water and soap is no big deal. Yep. When did you realize that there was something more to that, that this is a, uh, you know, affecting everybody that uses it, uh, everybody at the base, all the firefighters, that there's more to it than anybody's telling you? Um, probably about tw 2011, we started seeing some emails come out in the military um, talking about PCBs, but they never really identified PFAS, PFAS. Um, and, you know, I didn't know what they were. You know, I thought, okay, you know, the bio guys, that's really more in their their territory than the fire guys. Um, so nobody really paid attention to it, to be honest. And then about 2015, 2016, that's when we started seeing the emails come out with environmental concerns. And we started seeing the PFAS and PFO and PFOS. And, but then it was still, you know, what the hell do these acronyms mean? You know, nobody really knew. Um, but we saw AFFF, it's like, oh, okay, you know, we recognize that one. And then that's when they said, oh, we're going to swap out and everything. Um, but up to that point, nobody really said, hey, you know, AFFF was bad for you. You know, we kept hearing over and over and over. Oh, it's just soap and water. It's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, and, you know, that's what we were led to believe. And now, you know, after getting out, doing some of my own research, it's like, nope, that's not even close. I mean, we... They knew it was bad, um, but you know, you you've heard me say this. You know, uh, we were deceived. You know, plain and simple. Let, let me ask you this: 
who conceived a triple f foam because this kind of goes into the whole story and that makes it even that more much more screwed up well the the u.s navy invented a triple f foam back in the 60s uh and i believe it was the u.s forestall accident um you know that burn up the aircraft carrier the navy come out and they said hey we need a fire suppression agent that's going to go ahead and douse these this aircraft fuel uh, so we don't have another significant incident like that so the navy invented it they actually owned the patent on it and shortly thereafter they contracted out with 3m to mass produce a triple f um, and of course now we've got you know, numerous companies out there that are manufacturing AFFF, but it all started with the Navy. I mean, you know, they did the, the lab testing, um, you know, field testing, said, hey, this is our, our product of choice. Um, and then they went from there. They had protein foam and stuff before, but they really wanted to AFFF uh, based on its, you know, its characteristics and capabilities. So correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's as simple as the U.S. the government created this stuff, and yep. I mean, ultimately, yep. should be responsible <laughs> for all the side effects, if you want to call it that, that is going on. Um, and they're kind of looking the other way, to put it nicely, right? Uh, yeah, to put to put it nicely, and you know, and that's been our biggest challenge is that you know the those that have been in similar situations when you're trying to hold the government accountable um it's almost impossible you know i i say they're you know they're almost like teflon nothing sticks to them they're they're untouchable um we're the government you can't sue us and and it's crazy because they they know the contamination you know it it starts to manufacture but the government is using it. They're distributing it, you know, distributing it out to the fire service. They, they have to know. I mean, it's, but they just, they, they won't hold themselves accountable. That, that's where I start. You know, if, if they just get, start off with an apology, be like, hey, we're sorry, you know, this happened, um, you know, let's work together. We can start there, but we can't even get that. We can't even get an apology out of them. Is there still, um, fluorine foam that's being used at the military bases today whether it's you know c6 or anything else everything oh yeah absolutely um the the big swap with the air force they went from a legacy foam which was a c8 foam transferred over to a c6 foam and that's in use all across the all across the globe every air force installation that's using foam it's a c6 foam um, now the 2020 ndaa national defense authorization act mandates they have to swap out to a fluorine free foam by fiscal year 24. so they've got a few years to come up with this um, this fluorine free foam whether it's you know third party currently on the market or they're already looking at themselves you know testing a new foam uh, trying to to recreate a new foam so but yeah it's it, it's out there i mean it's it, it it's everywhere so they they went and they collected all the legacy foam the c8 they the yeah, yeah they they collected it all and what they did 
is the, the process was called a, a triple rinse. So they, they tasked firefighters to take the foam, drain it out of the trucks, swap it out, um, well, pour water into the foam tanks, drive around for about five or 10 minutes, slosh it around, drain that out, get the affluent out. So they did this three times. That's how they come up with a triple rinse. And then they put that all in the containers. There was a contractor that showed up at every installation, put it on a tractor trailer, and then carted it off. Um, and we found out that that foam, the old legacy foam, went to various incineration uh, facilities. One of them was up in New York. And we, through research, we found out, one, they couldn't, they couldn't completely get rid of get rid of the foam because they weren't burning it hot enough um, and then they were also spilling it um, there were there was you know that they weren't properly containing it and disposing of it so the military the government put a moratorium on it said hey no more incinerating um, the foam we're going to put it in a warehouse somewhere so that's that's where it's set right now and, you know i joke it's almost like you know the indiana jones warehouse you know, it's somewhere in a government warehouse stored away in crates, um, you know, collecting dust until they figure out what to do with it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> good deal. And they also, correct me if I'm wrong, they made it to where, you know, you talked before when you when you started your career, you were putting, you are using foam every single day. Oh, now, yeah. it's, now it's only if you absolutely need to use it. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, there's actually policy out there that says, you know, for emergency use only. Um, I think they're, they're easing up a little bit um, with training if it can be absolutely contained, um, but they, they simply can't do that, um, you know, especially at the fire pits, even though they're lined, there's no way to really contain it um, to, to ensure, you know, every single drop is, is you know, collected, but so they just overall, they say, okay, emergency use only. Nice. <clears throat> so I know you've also been involved in different hearings, you know, um, in DC, trying to get them to become accountable, to own up to it. Yep. And also do something about it. Um, as far as those, you know, individuals that have been um, uh, affected by this, could you talk about that? And could you also talk about, um, some of the ranges that people are finding this in their blood that are in or around these bases that had a lot of this use. Yeah. So, you know, it's last, last year they had a, I actually went down to DC. I was invited to go down and support some testimony. Um, Maureen Sullivan, who was there, she was in the DOD at the time, um, sort of danced around the whole answers, you know, Congress was asking, you know, what are the concerns, you know, what are there alternative, you know, alternate foams out there and everything. And she sort of danced around, had her, you know, the typical canned statements. Um, fast forward a year from that, there was really nothing going on with, with the government, you know, the DOD in terms of, you know, we weren't, we weren't really seeing or hearing anything. So now we have another hearing and it was almost the, you know, identical, you know, what they were saying before. This time they had three individuals or four individuals, um, you know, saying the same thing. And then of course, you know, the 
I call it the, the citizen veteran voices that that side sort of, you know, counter to everybody. Um, you know, as for um, what, what, what was the second half of your question? I'm no, sorry, I should have, I should have separated them. <laughs> I'm old, man. Come I should have you know? separated them. Uh, a, a podcast host, you know, <laughs> giving a podcast host a crappy question. <laughs> So it's not I apologize. Crazy, <laughs> no, I wanted to talk about um, just the uh, the amount that's in um, a lot of you guys' blood and how that whole thing goes down. Yeah, because that well, I think that really paints the picture of how um, significant this this is. Some of these are exposures. Yeah, so you know, I've I've reached out to a few firefighters, um, actually to a lot of firefighters. I said, hey, you know now that the DOD, the active duty and, you know, military and civilian firefighters are getting their, their blood tested. And, you know, I just, I just put it out there and the choice is totally there. As I said, Hey, you know, I'm just asking for data. You know, I don't want any personal identifiable information. I don't want names I don't want anything like that. that ties this to you. I said, just give me, you know, results of your blood test. Um, and the, the six, um, analytes that they're testing for and I've had, you know, I've had a few send me their, their info, you know, along with their concerns. And we're seeing numbers. Um, let me see if I can bring it up here real quick. But we're seeing numbers that are above what some call the national um, average. Um, you know, I've talked to a few researchers who are, you know, they're saying, uh, well, all of these tests, they test them in nanogram per milliliter. And usually it's like 0 0.05 or 0 0.5 nanograms um, is that detectable that detectable level. But all firefighters that I've I've seen, they're way above. They're way above those numbers. Um, nothing drastic, you know. We're not looking, you know, in the 30s, 40s, or 50s. But the highest I've seen so far is a 14 for PFOS, PFOS, um, which is pretty significant. But the problem is there's no standard level. Nobody, nobody's come right out and said, okay, this is your low, normal, and high range, just like we do for cholesterol. You know, you go to the doc, you've got the, that range. For PFAS, there's nothing there. So, you know, like I said, the firefighters that have sent me something, every one of them is coming back, as, as one firefighter said, positive, um, which is a little concerning. So let me ask you this too, um, you know, being a, you know, just re regular municipality firefighter, we have, I think in 48 states right now and all of Canada has cancer presumptive laws. So depending on where you're at, if you get cancer, yep. you're taken care of. Yeah. Federal firefighter, not the same, correct? Not so much. Got nothing. Nope. Um, federal firefighter, um, doesn't matter if you're military, civilian, uh, veterans, there's the, the VA is not putting anything in there that says these are presumptives. So, you know, and, and for the military listeners out there, I mean, it, they, they know when you get out and try to file your claims, it takes a lot of work to prove that it's service connected disability. Otherwise the VA is just going to kick it back. Um, my biggest thing when I, when I went through and did my, my disability claims, my veteran service officer, 
she went through my records and she's like, it's not diagnosed. It talks about it, but it's not, not diagnosed. She goes, go back to your doctor and, and have them actually diagnose you with this or that. And she goes, otherwise the VA is just going to flip right past it if they don't see that keyword. Um, and that's, you know, that's what's holding a lot of these firefighters up here is because things aren't diagnosed. Um, you know, we, yeah. Speaking of that, Kevin, um, you know, we mentioned the blood work. It's not like you can just go to your doctor and say, Hey, I want you to test me for this. It's, right. not, it's not part of the normal, um, you know, their, their uh, different blood work that they, they draw for. So to do a blood test like this, we're talking what five, 750 bucks, something, you on, know, around on average, on average, there, there's one lab out in California. Um, theirs is about 750. Uh, and they'll test uh, for the they'll test for the six most common, uh, but then they can add on to that, and you can get up to twelve, and I think even twenty five now um, that they're associating with PFAS, PFAS. Um, but the normal six is going to run you about about seven fifty. Uh, so these tests aren't readily available, and uh, they're very expensive. Yeah, not something insurance is going to going to uh, pay for. Nope. Even, even my TRICARE insurance would only pay for PFOA test. Uh, and I had to dig for that. Nobody, TRICARE didn't even, didn't even tell me about that. I had to actually dig for the, the, the code. And then I call them up. I'm like, will you guys pay for this test? And they're like, yeah, just have your doc, you know, draw the, draw the blood. And my doc didn't even know what PFAS was. You know, when I talked to him last year about it, and he's like, what the heck is this stuff? And I gave him, you know, the the quick lowdown on it. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. We have to monitor this and, and get your blood tested. No, that's awesome. Yeah. They're able yeah. to do that. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, you know, unfortunately they only tested for PFOA. I'm missing out on the other five. And that's something I'm seeing too. in the results is that while they may be non-detected in PFOA, they're exceeding, they're elevated in these other PFAS chemicals, which, are known carcinogens. So, you know, and that's what I'm telling the vets out there and the firefighters, you know, you really have to do your homework on, on these, these blood results. So, you know, we were able to, my, my kind of small group of Avengers were able to kind of turn the gear manufacturers on their head. And, you know, yep. with those resolutions we did with the IFF just uh, back in late January. Um, and, and we've already seen some positive results because of that. Yep. But it seems like um, finding these these foam industries and and the government is <laughs> a whole whole nother level, man. Like there's, you know, it's a a lot more to it than what we were just able to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, first and foremost, I mean, you know, we gotta we gotta say thanks to to you and your Avengers, you know, for for you know, working on the on the PFAS and turnout gear. Um, cause that's a whole different, you know, like, like we talked about before, we've got the AFFF, that was the big thing. Now we're learning about the PFAS and turnout gear. Um, and you know, with the, with the IAFF, you know, passing the resolutions, um, uh, you know, trying to get the, the, the manufacturers to, to get rid of PFAS. Um, it, it is, I mean, it's, it's a challenge and, and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I've said in my podcast and I've said to, to others, I don't have a grudge against anybody. I don't fault those that don't know that weren't aware, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm giving the manufacturers the benefit of the doubt. 
that you know they got this gear these materials these fabrics and maybe they simply didn't know you know i'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt you know because really it, they're not the ones making the chemicals you know 3m dupont you know all these big these big name companies out there are the ones manufacturing the chemicals so they should be telling the gear manufacturers the dangers of this and if they're not then that's you know really who we got to hold accountable but at the same time if the gear manufacturers did know you know we got to we got to hold them uh, accountable as well and at the end of the day i mean if you and i were to make a product and we include some 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 ingredient in there and we're unsure whether it's toxic or you know hazardous or anything we have an obligation we have a you know ethically moral obligation to find out is that you know is our product at the end of the day when it goes on the market going to be dangerous and i think that's what gear manufacturers need to do and that goes into you know they need to do testing nfpa needs to do testing uh, and certify that it's pfas free before it gets out there yes i like the attitude of proving something is safe before having to put it out there yep and then years later have to prove that it's unsafe and knowing yeah. that it takes a couple of decades and then, Oh, well, this one is unsafe. So we'll just, you know, change this little chemical here and there, you know, Oh, we're going to take off two carbons and magically <laughs> yep. they're safe. Yep. And that's, that's the game that these guys are playing now. I think the significant thing is um, that's, I think noteworthy is, you know, it's one thing for us to wear our gear. We're getting exposed, but what, what you were dealing with on the phone level that's getting into our waterways yep i mean everybody's drinking that i mean that's exposure on a whole different level you know that's exposing our kids our families everything you know not that it's right to expose us because it's not but right i mean it's on the whole morality thing that is a whole different level well, you know, one, one thing I've talked about, and I talked with, you know, Dr. Graham Peasley, you know, who at Notre Dame, who was doing the, the PFAS study on turnout gear and now PFAS dust. And, and uh, you know, what, one thing we've talked about is when you wash your gear, if you're properly putting your gear in an extractor and washing it, where is that drain going to? Is it going into a collect, you know, a proper, you know, proper collection drain, or is it simply going into your, your, your regular wastewater drain that you have, you know, in the firehouse or, or wherever? And you and I both know, I mean, PFAS doesn't break down in the water. So if you're washing your gear, great on, you know, great job doing that, but you're extracting that PFAS dust. And that PFAS chemicals are getting into the drain, gets into the, you know, the water system, goes to the water treatment plant. If they don't have filters installed, guess what? It's going right back out into your, 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 your tap water mains and it's getting into our, our drinking water. So, I mean, that, that's another thing, you know, to look at. So, you know, yeah, you know, foam is, is getting into the ground and drinking water, but now we have a concern with turnout gear when we wash it those and and even even more even with the uh you know whatever whatever crap is on your gear you know that's getting into the into the water drain so you know you know we we have to look at you know manufacturers have to look at you know how do we how do we collect that how do we 
filter that out, absorb it before it leaves the firehouse? You know, is there a way to do that? No, it's yeah. I mean, it, the whole big picture is scary. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, just the general public being exposed to these chemicals, whether it's through their dishware and um, cosmetics, I mean, food wrappers, whatever it may be. We, you and yep. I know that's out there, but again, for what we did or what, you know, what you did, what I do, um, we just have those additional exposures too. Yeah. Competing yep. against all the other regular exposures we get with our jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that, you know, it's there during the hearing, what shocked me was, you know, Dr. Jamie DeWitt, she said there's 10,000 PFAS chemicals, you know, just, you know, just last year before, you know, before the year ended, I was, you know, under the assumption, you know, cause we kept hearing four or 5,000 chemicals. Now we're up to 10,000 chemicals, you know? So while we're talking about the, the PFAS six, what about the other thousands of chemicals that we haven't even studied or tested yet? You know, what, are, what are those in, you know, you know, how do we get away from those? How do you know? So, yeah, you're right. I mean, this thing every day, you know, I, I get online, I research, I dig and dig, and it's just, it's like, good gosh, how do we get away from this stuff? And it's almost like you can't, you know, it's, we're, we're just that, our, our consumer products are so dependent on these chemicals now. We just simply can't get away from it anymore. Because we've been dependent on them for decades. Yeah. Yep. For, for my entire life, plus some. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. manufacturers know it. They've, they've known it forever and they're, they're not saying anything to them. As I as I pause to take and you pause to take a drink yeah, of yep. <laughs> of water, <laughs> probably has stuff in it. Well, you know, with everything you're working on, what is what is kind of the future? What is uh, you know, do you have anything down a pipeline in which you're you know hoping to combat this stuff? You know, well, uh, I guess what's next? I mean, is it is it the government? I mean, I know for the gear side of things, it's going to be NFPA for us. Yeah. Once yep. we, once we can work something out, you know, do a TIA there, then it's, um, we have the opportunity to have flooring free gear once again. Yep. That's the week that's attainable. I mean, you could see that light. I think it's there now. Yeah. Um, not so much. It seems on your end. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the whole firefighting foam, um, that's, that's a, that's a huge challenge to overcome. Um, you know, there are quote fluorine free products out there in the market. Um, uh, you know, manufacturers are saying that they're fluorine free. Um, they're going through independent testing right now. Uh, a few folks that, you know, I've talked to, they're like, yeah, they're coming back. Um, you know, whether they, they title it clean, green, whatever you want. Um, at the end of the day, there's still a man-made chemical. There's still a man-made product made of chemicals they're going to pose some risk um, to the environment and, and to humans and, and animals and everything. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest thing that, you know, we're working on is uh, regulation, you know, because there, there is no regulation when it really comes to PFAS, uh, you know, the EPA put out the lifetime health advisory of 70 parts per trillion in drinking water, but that's just a health advisory. There's no teeth in it. There's no, um, you know, they, they can't do anything, you know, here in central PA, the, you know, the, the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection basically said, hey, firefighters can dump foam 
manufacturers can dump foam and there's there's nothing nothing to stop them because there's no regulation there's no laws on the book so that's i guess that's you know the the first step you know the first thing that that we want to do um you know and then obviously remediation you know hold hold the dod accountable hold the foam manufacturers accountable uh get them involved make them pay for cleanup not the taxpayers taxpayers didn't cause this firefighters didn't cause it um I'm not saying military leaders actually caused it, but they didn't implement policy after they learned that foam was hazardous to, to, to minimize unnecessary exposure or release. So, you know, again, hold, hold the manufacturers accountable. Um, and then the biggest one is education. That's, that's, that's the big thing is just, you know, educate firefighters out there about a triple F about, you know, class A, class B foams, um, you know, how to properly contain it, how to, you know, decon yourself, minimize exposure. Um, what's great is here in PA, I'm working with the, the State Fire Academy. Um, <clears throat> they sort of reached out to me about some PFAS stuff, um, wanted to get my input on it. So they're generating, uh, you know, right now phase one is like an intro uh, to PFAS. So that's going to be part of some curriculums that they're going to do. And then they're going to expand on that and make a, a, a bigger, um, you know, like an hour, two hour, long, you know, whatever course that they want to do uh, with more information on that. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to clean up the, the world overnight, unfortunately. Um, I think we're going to see more quicker success with the, with the turnout gear than we will with the, with the foam. Um, you know, especially with the military, with their mil spec, that's another issue is that, you know, that in this hearing, they, they talked about they're down to six candidates right now uh, for this non-fluorinated foam. Um, and then they're going to modify the, the mil spec. Well, why can't they do that now? And then maybe look at, at foam manufacturers that are on the market right now that can meet that new mil spec. But who, who knows? I mean, the, the government, it's a hurry up and wait. They, they do some weird things and yeah. No, it's a, uh, no, it, it is interesting. And, and being careful to make sure that the foam you're getting is actually safe for the environment and yourself is, yep. is so, so badly needed um, yeah. because, and it's uh, the, <laughs> how they can, um, uh, what's the word? Um, just fool you. Um, I, we yeah. have a, we have a mutual friend. Um, and she was telling me that, uh, they were looking at MSDS on some of the foams and they're going through all these chemicals and they're all in English, except for one, one is in French and they looked yeah. that up and it was P, uh, PFOA. Yeah. So <laughs> you yep. got, you got all that, you have this foam that's supposed to be you know, flooring free. Yep. And um, again, everything in English, but one sticks out. And it's kind of like, why is that? So um, the deceitfulness is just, uh, it's there. I mean, well, I mean, you, know, <clears throat> you look at high expansion foam, you know, it's I, I sort of addressed this last year when there was two Air Force installations out in California that, that they did a hangar test, they actually dumped foam in the hangar firefighters went in did some training and everything took advantage of it i got the safety data sheets on the foam 
And here it turns out there was a high percentage of unknown toxic ingredients. Foam, you know, these foam manufacturers aren't telling what those are because of industry industry trade secrets or, you know, they're non-regulated, they don't have to. So while it may not, you know, we, we may not see fluorinated foam, you know, here in the future, what other chemicals do they put in these foams that keeps the characteristics that we should be concerned about? And I, I hate to say, it, we're probably not going to know until 30, 40, 50 years from now, you know, yes. we're just going to keep this cycle and be like, you know, our, our, our kids, the next generation of firefighters or two generations, you know, however you look at it, they're going to be where we're at today, trying to find answers, trying to, you know, be like, holy crap, you know, we had a chance to really fix it, you know, back in 2020, 2021, but here we are 30, 40, 50 years later, and we're back where they were, you know, so it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I know that's been a hesitancy with the fire gear as well. Make sure that we have a safe alternative in place for yep. when we do get rid of the stuff. So, yeah. But we're, I mean, I, I feel like on the gear side, for sure, we're making progress. And I know yeah. you guys are trying everything you can. And, and the pressure, the pressure's on. Um, hopefully something happens sooner than later. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, it's, it just seems, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing a lot with the AFFF, but I am equally concerned with, you know, the turnout gear and, and other things, you know, we as firefighters are, are subjected to, um, you know, now there's, there's stuff going around on, on some of the fire, the fire things on, on Facebook talking about jet fuel, um, JP4 fuel, uh, JP4 jet fuel, how it, how it affect firefighters. So, I mean, it's just, there, there's things out there. We just, we as firefighters, I mean, you know, our, our the nature of our job we're succumb to hazardous substances all the time and but i think you know we we have a we have an opportunity now not to or to, to fix the system the broke system to where the things that protect us in a fire aren't killing us you know before we get to the fire so it's exactly yep i always just say it's about limiting our exposures there's yeah. something that we can't and it is what it is, but um, for all these yep. additional ones, like it's unnecessary. We already have yep. enough against us. Yep. Well, Kevin, you ready for some random questions? We'll actually Hit switch me. it up. You Hit knew this me. was coming, man. This is I know this is what I do. <laughs> Twenty-five questions. They're all written down. They all have a number associated with them. You just throw out a number, and I will give you the question that relates to that number. Uh, let's go with number twelve. My local fire company here. All right, this is a choice question. Okay. You got to pretend COVID's not here and you can go out and have fun again. Zoo or amusement park? Amusement park. Okay. Any particular one? Um, in terms of, well, can I pick two? Yes. Two amusement I'll, parks? I, I look at the judge and he says, yes, that's fine. <laughs> All right. So, um, Bush Gardens, Virginia, Williamsburg, Virginia, only because they have the Griffin, which was uh, almost a, a straight down drop. Um, Love that thing. I would always scream, drop it in when we're hanging there from about 210 feet up in the air. Um, but locally here, we have Knoebels Amusement Park. 
family owned for big time, you know, for a long, long time. Um, it's just a, a great place to go. They don't charge admission. They just charge you to get on the rides. It's, it's chump change. But yeah, that's, that's my go-to um, here in PA. So nice. Good deal. How about another number? Uh, you said one to 50, right? One to 25. Oh, one to 25. Yeah. Um, seven for Kevin. <laughs> What's I already picked seven. I need to switch this question up. Okay. Well, <laughs> I could go back every episode and there's always somebody that says seven. Anyway, what is something popular now, but everyone will look back at five years from now and think it's dumb. Popular now, but they'll think it's dumb. Jeez, what is popular? I don't get out much. <laughs> um, what is it? Uh, what is it? The, the dabbing thing that kids are doing? Yes. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess with that, I, I just don't get it. Have you I'm not dabbed? I guess I don't. You're <laughs> I not don't a dabber? Know. I'm not a dabber. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I. I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have said Kevin is definitely a dabber. Well, no, not even. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. See, I need like that's why I need to put something else there. Number seven. Okay. That's what everybody picks. What's what's another one? Uh, let's do twenty-five. Let's go. You know, favorite professional sports team. Ooh, favorite professional sports team. You know, to be honest, I really don't have one. Um, we'll take Cincinnati Reds. All right. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, let's do for for AFSO twenty one. Let's do number twenty one. Okay, I appreciate that. That should have been your first one to go. Before. I I know, I know, but you know, I I didn't want to, you know. I know that's okay. <laughs> Favorite album favorite album Ooh. um again i'm i don't know if i have an album i guess group is kiss but i don't know which album because i just randomly listen to their music okay yeah i don't know if there's a favorite like cd or cassette tape or a track or whatever it was uh, is was did acdc have was, was there an album thunderstruck was, what was their album name this is back in oh my gosh this is back in the 80s i can't think i i, I found i found an acdc cassette First time I ever heard him, I threw it in and I'm like, holy crap, what is this? And I, you know, I just loved their music back then. I, I can't recall what the album was. I just know I had Thunderstruck on it. So whatever album that was. Sure. Um, and, and you're making me look bad. I think it is Thunderstruck. <laughs> no matter what, I'm thinking of Pitcher and Blue album. Regardless, Angus was on the cover. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it's I always nice. want to Google it right now. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do real quick. Um, <laughs> all right, pick another number out. Uh, oh. Gosh. Um, 
It's uh, it looks like it's off the racer's edge. Off the racer's edge. Okay. Yes. Uh, I don't know. What's your favorite number? Whatever, whatever your favorite number is. I'm gonna throw it back on you. Oh, oh <laughs> shit! I don't. Um, thirteen. My, no, 13. 13. 13. There you go. Favorite. Well, this last one, and we'll get you okay. out of here because I know you got shit to do. And I'm. I hey, I wanna, I'm, I'm here I for you, brother. I want to take a nap. To be honest, but <laughs> <laughs> number. <laughs> two old guys with podcasts just bullshitting that's what this is number 13 favorite 13. movie back to the future okay the 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 first one the third one sucked i, I know one was okay ah <laughs> uh, no back to future one great yep back to the future one yep that that was it that was the the movie it's still it's still one of the the best out there um if i had to do a backup it would be army of darkness oh yeah look at that yeah. reaction yeah. yeah see these kids these kids today they don't know these movies man. these no. are these are cult classics so yeah <laughs> well i don't know if back to future's cult classic but army of oh, darkness it is sure. it is it's <laughs> All I've right. even got I've even got the DeLorean light up behind me here. So yeah. Not the real one, but it's I don't know if I can get it. Yeah, let me see if I can get it here for you. Well, I took it off the thing, but dun, 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 dun. Oh, look at that. See everybody now wishes this was video, not just audio. I know. I this know, is it's yeah. the bonus of doing the show is I can actually <laughs> see things. That's pretty cool. I, yep yep yeah it's got the it's got the hoverboard everything in it man it's <laughs> that's neat. you are just a big kid it's clear i i am i am it's clear um i'm yeah. i'm looking forward to actually seeing you live in person in yeah exotic beaver creek ohio yep um here in november um yep. well you know yeah. we're we're sponsoring we're helping you guys out out there so yeah absolutely absolutely brothers helping brothers uh, a whole day for PFOS, um, you know, uh, I'm really excited about this lineup. It, it, I've had this in the back of my head for a while, and I was finally able to to pull it off. Nick is a Nick is a sucker. <laughs> uh, he'll let me do that kind of stuff. Now he's on board with it too, of course. But um, where can uh, the listeners find you if they they want to listen to your show or reach out to you? So if they go to afso21.com, um, you can find us there. Um, that's and just click on the podcast or see so you're going to hold me to this because i i never actually go to my own um or they can go to podcast.afso21.com uh, if they go to that it's that's our podcast host page um you can scroll down see all the audio ones there uh we're on youtube as well afso21 radio the weekend wrap up um just google us you'll you'll find us so we're but, you know, before we were just doing the audio. Now we're getting into the video. So we're getting um, more audience members that way. So. All, all the cool kids. I just do it once all a month. Cool kids. Nobody wants to see me. <laughs> Nobody really. Look I've got you, man. You're sexy. What are you talking the, about? No, I got the face for radio, man. Come on. You're not fooling me. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, he's Kevin and I'm Jim. And we are out of time until next week. Take care, listeners. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it.